All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by the kind folks at Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host and commissioner, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, uh, fresh off my second trade of the season, being joined tonight by my trading partner, Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> What's that about? I don't know. Also joining... From Teabag, take your ball and go home, Shane Stein. Excited to be here, Matt. Oh, I can't wait to hear why you're excited to be here. Just, just looking forward to a good show. Nice right. to be a top of the division. Yeah, sole leader. Bunch of four and three guys behind you. Ed smirking at me in the background. Yeah, when, you, when you're ahead, you got to gloat. You never, you never know how long it's going to last, so. Yeah, you were ahead for about 15 weeks last year. <laughs> and then you weren't at the end, so. Hey, that's the thing. I think I've been ahead for about 15 minutes this year. <laughs> Did you win week one? No. No. Oh, all right. I meant in games. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Overall, hey, you had Shane on the ropes for a little bit there on Sunday. Never in real life in Shane's fantasy world yet. He was yeah, and then, no, and then the London game kicked off. <laughs> yeah, he's the first player to ever win a game before one o'clock game started. <laughs> All right, um, Shane, you got trivia for us? I do. Put a quick one together for you here. Um, We're gonna try and stomach this podcast through the Titans Jaguars game that's on tonight. So bear with us here. This one shouldn't, shouldn't be too hard, but we'll see how you guys do. Um, I'm wondering if you guys can name the top fantasy player that is not a quarterback in each division in the NFL. Ooh, it's fun. It's um, a fun question. It is a fun question. Good job. Um, so we'll start with let's we'll start in the NFC. Um, we'll, we'll go with the NFC East. Who is right. the top non QB in our fantasy league this year in the NFC East? Um, I'm gonna go with Zeke. It is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he is the top performer. For um, a pretty good margin. Ed, was that where you were going to go? Yeah. <laughs> right. Eddie's right. We'll get this one out of the way. Um, we'll go out. NFC West. David Johnson. David Johnson is the top performer in all fantasy. Shout out to the Fantasy Footballers podcast with me singing there. Regardless of position, yeah. David Johnson. He's great. I'm glad I dropped him last year. <laughs> um, let's go to the NFC South. A little tighter race. NFC South. Ed, what do you think? That's a tough one. You left me the tough one. You just swam out two easy ones and leave me a toughie. No, I got an idea. I just wanted you to provide something. I felt bad jumping in on that first two. Uh, I think it's the uh, I think it's a receiver. Marvin Jones, two big weeks early. No, NFC South. Oh, sorry, I thought you said North. Oh, okay. Uh, Cooks. No. Julio. I'm, I'm, oh. Yeah, Julio. It's a little trick question. It's Mike, not that close. Mike Evans is second. Uh, it is Julio. Um, yes, Mike Evans is the second. Um, a little bit behind. Julio on an incredible pace, though. Um. Let's go to NFC North. I think it's the Vikings D. Yeah, that's, yeah. It is the Vikings D. That's uh, really well done. Um, little bonus here. If you guys can name me the next two players in the NFC North that are not quarterbacks, I'll buy you guys a beer. Um, just some bad fantasy football in the NFC North. Yeah, there's several. There's Jordy Nelson's one. Jordy Nelson is not one. Oh, he's got five touchdowns. Um, then I'd have to say potentially um, Marvin. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is the next after the Vikings. He is in second. Wow, I didn't think that at all. Two monster weeks. The next guy I'd have to guess would be Jordan Howard. It is not Howard. I would go Cobb. Cobb and Marvin were my two guesses. 
Cobb's not ahead of Nelson. No? Can't be. I don't know. My guesses don't ever get answered. Vikings. Oh, um, Asiata? No, Diggs. No. I don't know. That's terrible. Can't be. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Unless I really... I looked at this quickly. I don't think I missed it. Devontae Adams. What about Theo Riddick? Um... Theo Riddick is not ahead of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, nice. So Devontae Adams, and then you got some guys like... He's ahead of Nelson? Then Jordy and Cobb are exactly tied right behind that. Alright, let's move on. That's yeah. stupid. Bad, right. bad, bad division. <laughs> well, let's go to the AFC East. AFC East. Um, I think it's LaShawn McCoy. It is LaShawn McCoy. Very well done. Uh, leading the pack even after a brutal week last week. Uh, NFC West. AFC West. AFC West, sorry. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, unfortunately. It is Melvin Gordon. Spencer Ware's got to be close, though. Um, I didn't take the time to look at second, but I, I will get back to you on that. Um, it's fine. We don't have no you. We know you don't have much of a work ethic. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Um, let's go to the <laughs> AFC South. Demarco Murray. It is Demarco. Um, he is the second best player that is not a quarterback so far, behind David Johnson. Um, and then close it out with the AFC North. AJ Green. You got a guess, Ed? Or are you okay with that? I said Brown. It is Green. Green has Brown edged by a slight margin here, um, about five points total. So. Yeah, it's really the touchdowns that are doing it. I think. It is. Uh, Green's gotten in the end zone a bunch. So yeah, that was a uh, trivia for for week eight here. All right. Um, do you have the stats you want to talk about from last week? Well, I, I guess we don't have to get into it in 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 depth too much, but uh, I wasn't trying to be a dick last week when we brought up the touchdown dependency thing of uh, of Melvin Gordon. Um, I actually just popped into my head. It, I thought it made for good conversation to see kind of what is touchdown dependent like where where do you draw the line as far as as guy like what are you looking for out of a guy if he doesn't score that makes him kind of a worthwhile play um so just went through like the top 20 backs in our league so far this year and just to see what they get like from a yardage reception standpoint um you guys want to take a guess at the guys or do you like well, to one thing i wanted to just say before we get into the guesses or talking a lot about it is I thought about this a little bit too, and you know we had talked maybe top ten being touchdown dependent on the podcast last week, and I wanted to change that answer to um, anybody that's not in a timeshare at running back. I feel like is the more correct answer. Yeah, <clears throat> I still think Melvin Gordon's touchdown dependent, um, but sometimes you have to look. Maybe that they may not be in a timeshare, but they may be a majority passing offense. I'm not sure. Um, anytime you're streaming a running back, usually you're hoping they fall in the end zone. Yeah. Um, like I had with Sean Drone last week. But do uh, you wanted to talk about the top 20? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I did some numbers and, and where, what kind of points people are averaging w- without their touchdowns being included in. Um, took out touchdowns and two-point conversions. And for the sake of it, I didn't put bonus points in for going over 100 yards. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we do it this way? Why don't you throw a name out in that top 20, and Shane, uh, Eddie, and I will tell you if we consider them touchdown dependent or not. All right. Well, we'll start out with uh, David Johnson. He's the top top running back in the league. No, he's um, clearly not touchdown dependent. He's clearly not. He he averages 16.3 points without touchdowns, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, per game this year. Which is an incredible amount. He's second in the league. Um, how about a guy like Lamar Miller? Um, Lamar Miller, 
I don't consider him touchdown dependent, except for a matchup like last week against Denver. But the volume that he gets, I think, is good. Yeah, Miller. Miller's actually in in sixth place um, as far as points without touchdowns, eleven point four. So he's. Still does a nice job. Ed, do you agree on Lamar Miller there? How can you talk about a guy being touchdown dependent that hasn't hardly scored? <laughs> Obviously, he's not. Unless he's had one touchdown this year. He, I think he's got. I think he's got three or what four. The hell, what the hell touchdowns is he dependent on? He doesn't have any. I think he's got three or four, but that's fine. Well, when you where do you think Lamar Miller ranks in the running back rankings, Ed? I think he's 10. He's 14th overall. A um, little lower than I would have expected. Um, yeah. I would have definitely thought he was a top 10 guy. Um, but yeah, but 6th as far as so not getting a touchdown to score. Of a guy like Melvin, Melvin Gordon, if he was getting touchdowns, he'd be 2, 3. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not touchdown dependent because he's not depending on them. He's almost an RB1 with 2 touchdowns, 3 touchdowns. Correct. Yeah, you got it. That's what we're getting at here, Ed. We're not coming at your throat. No, I'm, I get that. We just ask if a guy that doesn't score is touchdown dependent. That's not... Alright, good. Move on. Well, let's, let's move on to Melvin Gordon, then. I do believe Melvin Gordon is touchdown dependent, but that's just me, I guess. Eddie? Melvin Gordon's the third overall running back in the NFL right now. Um, he's ninth overall as far as getting points for yardage and receptions. Um, ten and a half points a game he gets before he gets in the end. All right, question for you. And I don't love thinking about things this way, but if we only had 32 spots on this running back ranking and we went with teams <coughs> rather than players, he would be much further down this list. I agree. So it's definitely, yeah, definitely something I, like a like a Howard Langford combination may actually be ahead of him. Exactly. Yeah, it's something I, I took into account. I didn't take into account doing these, but obviously was, health is huge. Yeah, I mean, how how much are you getting robbed by the, your backup as far as? Yeah, I mean, crap. Even if Woodhead is still healthy, that he's still lower. I think. Way lower. Yeah. Because you can take out his five catches a game. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go with a guy like uh, Tevin Coleman. All right, I, I don't feel like he's touchdown dependent, um, but I wouldn't play him in the right matchup. I feel like in the right matchup, he's not touchdown dependent uh, just because of his involvement in the passing game. But my that's my opinion. Well, here's a guy. He's ranked seventh overall right now, which is astounding to me. Um, 17th in, in the league as far as yardage and reception points. Um, he only gets 9.4 a game, which isn't hit too bad, um, average-wise, but certainly a guy that's been boosted by some touchdowns this year. Yeah. Um, the one the one name that does stick out... With the difference of, like, bad matchups where he did nothing. Yeah. Like, there's been games where we knew he wasn't a start. Yeah, clearly clearly, there's a small sample size. and dependency or matchup dependency. And it comes down to... But then again, he had a matchup with Denver where it actually boosted him. Yeah, his. he went off. His yardage totals. So, I mean, he had 130 yards receiving or something in that game. Um, the one name that did stick out for me, before, before we get into this too much, we'll, we'll try to move on. Um, the most touchdown-dependent guy as far as not putting up a whole lot of yardage and receiving points, but he is a top back, LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, wow. Um, the most touchdown-dependent guy on the list. No catches there. Um, only 8.9 points a game if he doesn't get in the end zone. Um, but sixth in the league overall right now, averaging a healthy. He's been he's been in the end zone an awful lot so far this year. Yeah, there's no catches there for him. Yeah, that's the big thing. I thought you were gonna say Matt Forte. Uh, Matt Forte surprisingly, it, not as not as uh, good this year. Yeah, um, he's he's under ten points a game as well. There's only ten guys in the league that are averaging over ten points a game without touchdowns, which is kind of what we talked about last week. We thought there was about ten. Where's Gurley at? Um, Gurley is 15th, 9.66 points a game. So, I mean, just on that fringe of an RB1 guy. Yeah. 
but he, he's actually he's 18th in the league as far as scoring, so he's not actually getting in the end zone. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk the trade that went down in the league this week. Uh, last night, Eddie sends to me Des Bryant and Jaquiz Rogers. I send to Eddie Will Fuller, Jack Doyle, and twenty-two dollars draft cash, maxing out my uh, draft cash that I can trade for this season. Uh, since Shane wasn't involved in the trade, we'll go to him first for some analysis. Um. I know you guys were waiting for me to, to throw a big fit about this one, I feel like, this morning. You guys were trying to egg me on, I felt like. Um, thought it was a smart deal both ways. Um, you can never, as far as Eddie's situation, I mean, obviously we all know what he's up against. You pretty much have to win the rest of the season to get into the playoffs. Um, as long as you get max value, get, that, get 22 quick bucks. And you're really trading a guy that you don't know what you're going to get from the rest of the year. So, maybe Dez comes back and he's not healthy and he's not the same player and he's not good. So, I mean, maybe you don't get any value for him. I think there's other pieces you, he could have traded and, and still would have been able to get some value for. So, I mean, it's not like he really ha- had to be Dez Bryant that he had to sell. But, I mean, you trade a guy that it's not going to make or break, I feel like, you having the opportunity to win six straight games. I mean, you're still... Obviously, you're up against it, but you still have a... Not losing Des Bryant isn't going to kill your chances of. I don't think he was going to be the guy that saved your season. Um, and as far as cause, I made the point to you guys earlier. I think it was really smart of you. You're in a tough situation as well at two and five. You know you got to win pretty much the whole rest of the way. I'm um, not much room for error. Be the first guy to get there because now the well's kind of dry. No one can really make a move with Eddie that is just giving him cash for a player. Um, you're the, you're the one that kind of tapped that out. And no one else in the league is really looking like they're going to be out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the next seller at this point. Yeah, so So. you get to buy and try to make your move and stay in it. And if it doesn't work out, you can always just sell back what you just bought. Um, And and, and get your money back that way. So I I thought it was a smart move by you to to jump in and get in there quick. Because whoever was going to be able to first to pony up the dough to Ed... It's looking like the way everything's bunched up. I don't know if we have another seller this year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the pitch I made to Eddie. Um, you know, even if he wanted to still take a shot at this thing, the trade that we made still allowed him to be uh, semi-competitive. You know, Latavius Murray slots in and replaces Jaquiz Rogers. Will Fuller, with some nice matchups the next couple weeks, replaces Des Bryant. A um, little bit of a risk for me to take, but I needed a touchdown-making wide receiver on this team in the worst way. Certainly did. And I needed to lock up the Tampa Bay backfield because I'm not sure Doug Martin's coming back anytime soon. Um, and that's a nice it's a nice team to have the backfield for. So that was kind of my uh, my wanting of that of that uh, those two players there. Ed, what do you what do you think you got in Will Fuller and Jack Doyle uh, on your team, and what are your hopes with the twenty two dollars draft cash for next year? I think I got a keeper option in Fuller. Um, if I kept my team the way it was, I think my top two keeper option would have to be Fuller and Landry, which I kind of like. <clears throat> Probably a wide receiver two and a flex play there to start off. Um, I don't know what to make of the $22 yet because we'll see how many people have it. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to have the extra money to throw around next year, even though both years I haven't been able to spend the money I brought. Um, I don't know. We'll see. When you said Fuller and Landry, uh, Flex and Wide Receiver 2, which one were you classifying where? I mean, I, I would say Landry's probably still Wide Receiver 2 next year. I'm not as high on him as I was this year. Um I think Fuller's certainly at least a flex play for next year, looking at it now. Definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Will Fuller. Tough tough guy to part with, um, but I thought he was my most enticing trade chip for someone looking to uh, play for next year. So. Yeah. Had to pull some teeth to get Doyle in there. Um, <laughs> that was just so I could some semblance of competitiveness because I have no tight end because it doesn't seem like Hunter Henry's going to clear concussion protocol unless I miss something. 
Um, and even if he does, that's not something I feel like I can rely on. And I didn't like anything on the waiver wire, so I really wanted to get a tight end thrown in there that I could at least play and feel okay about. Um, so that's why I tried to pull teeth to get you to throw him in there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to move Doyle. I like Doyle a lot and what he's been doing in the Colts offense. But you said you wanted a tight end to make the deal done, and I didn't want to let Jack Doyle be the reason I didn't get a running back too and Des Bryant. So. Um, Decided to pull the trigger, and I chose to keep Fleener because I like Fleener's playoff matchups better. Maybe uh, far-fetched for me to say that at 2-5, and five, but the goal of making that move was to be in the playoffs, so I might as well uh, take a look at that when I'm uh, <clears throat> you know, making that move there. So I did feel vindicated, though, that Jeremy picked up C.J. Fedorowicz on the waiver wire today because I told you he is a fine play for this week. How about it? You don't like CJF. It's fine. <laughs> Stein, how do you feel about CJF? He certainly looked good the other night. He's been had some nice games, man. Uh, seemed like he was a big part of their offense, <clears throat> what they're trying to do. Um, certainly don't like the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you were right. Can I say that? He stinks. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking. I was talking with Phil that during that game, and... I think it was like twenty four to nine with like I don't know, five minutes left or so and they, they queued to Osweiler coming off the bench, like onto the field, like trying to pump the guys up and I'm I texted Phil and I'm like, Do you think the other guys in the huddle just kinda laugh at him? Like when he's doing something like like you gotta realize like all right, this isn't the guy that's gonna do it. like you're not bringing us back here. Like you get a guy like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers in the huddle, yeah, guys are gonna respond to them guys, but like you look at Osweiler doing that, it's just like there's nothing there. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins has to be fed up with that guy as his quarterback. He stinks. It's terrible. But I was also shocked that the Texans paid him $72 million without meeting him. <laughs> Did you hear him say that on the game? I didn't. Yeah, they knew that it was going to be competitive to get him, so they um, sent him a contract, and then after he signed it, they flew him down to meet with him. So Interesting. Probably the way you want to do put your franchise around yeah. a guy you've never met before. Yeah. So, uh, great, great management by the Texans. After I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not going to go out and defend Brock Osweiler because I think he stinks. I said it all preseason texting you that I didn't think Lamar Miller was going to reach the hype that he was being put out there with in the preseason because I just thought this offense was atrocious. That's why I was down on Hopkins. But I have a feeling that after these next six games um, – the Osweiler conversation could be, not saying it's going to be, could be a little bit different. I'm not going to say we don't sit here and still say he stinks, but, I mean, he's played the Chiefs, Patriots, Vikings, Broncos. That's four of his games in the first seven. Um, yeah, he had the Bears week one um, and the Titans in there. The Titans has kind of been a sneaky defense. Um, but, I mean, Jaguars, Raiders, Chargers, Packers, Colts, right in a row. I mean, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get healthy and get your your numbers a little bit, he's certainly hitting the stretch of the schedule where that could happen. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Hopkins and Osweiler started to click a little bit. Well, here's how I feel about Osweiler. He's a top fifteen quarterback against bottom ten defenses. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a couple in a row. Yeah, no, and I, he's a guy that I would use in Fanduel in the right week. I mean. If he's playing at Indianapolis, I'll throw Osweiler out there, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely, you get pressure on him, and he's going to suck. He's going to be terrible. He's certainly not a guy that you're going to be able to win in the playoffs with. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, absolutely um, not. He's kind of kind of like a Blake Bortles guy. <laughs> um, yeah. He'll probably beat up on some bad teams, given the right matchup, and just going to look terrible against good teams. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the uh, the waiver wire that ran last night. Top ad, St. Louis Patriots adding Chris Thompson for $46. Next closest bid was the Storms Bros at $18. Uh, Eddie adds Alex Smith for 10 bucks. Power adds the Chiefs D for $2. Bull adds Tajay Sharp for $2. And the Patriots add Dan Bailey for a dollar. Um... A lot of action last night in what I thought was a pretty pretty week. Um, 
waiver wire run. Other players added throughout the day were uh, the Jaguars D, Robert Kelly from Washington, CJ Fedorowicz, Kadeem Carey, Cowboys D, Alfred Blue, CJ Procise, and Capri Bibbs, which just sounds like uh, an <laughs> outfit that a child would wear. But uh, Papa Kaz adds Capri Bibbs as the uh, Broncos handcuff now. Uh, anything stand out to you guys there in the waiver wire? Uh, I think it clearly has to be the $46 spent on Chris Thompson. Um, did not see that coming. Um, uh, I'm the biggest Patriots rider on the podcast, probably in the league, other than the big man himself. And I don't get it. Uh, I don't really know. I don't see Chris Thompson. I mean, I, I'm one to speak. I know I went went after Gillisley, um last week pretty heavy. But I don't know that Chris Thompson is going to get the burn that you need. I still think they're just going to use him as more of a change of pace back. Rob, Rob Kelly's the same guy as Matt Jones. You can't even, if they wore the same jersey number, you wouldn't know who was in the ballgame. I never know. I just know one's 31 and one's 32. Yeah, I mean, that, so where does Thompson make a leap that all of a sudden he's now, I, I thought the bid should have been on Kelly. And um, then I went out and yeah. gave Kelly in free agency for nothing. I like Chris Thompson this week. thought it was a good pickup. Uh, I don't think it was worth $46, but if you weren't paying attention last week, Chris Thompson had 16 touches. I think 13 of them were carries, and he had 131 total yards and a touchdown. Um, obviously a guy that's stayed involved, even despite the team's commitment to Matt Jones and Alfred Morris last year. Um, he's still been a staple in the offense. And um, I like Chris Thompson. I think I think he's a good player. So I don't necessarily love the matchup against Cincinnati, but maybe it works out for him as a pass catching first guy. But Thompson had a real nice week last week. So I don't know if I mind match. I don't know if Cincinnati's as good as we think they are. Um, I, I feel like that that team's not. I think they're on the downside. The real issue here is Jamal Charles. That's what forced his hand here. Um, I'm not sure that guy's ever going to be the same again. Yeah, I, I was talking with Phil about that the other night. Um, not really sure he's ever going to be a factor again. Uh, at least a, a huge factor. Don't know if he's anything more than just a kind of a backup running back at this point. Yeah, Spencer Ware certainly looks the part of the lead back too in Kansas City. Um Add any rebuttal to my Chris Thompson analysis or just agree to disagree? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to tell who the guy is. So, um, Yeah, I overlooked what he did last week, but that was, I don't know. And there was a long time this season where I said that Chris Thompson was going to take that job. From Matt, uh, Matt Jones, I, th- I said it several times. I really believed it. They seemed like they were giving the ball a lot, and then it kind of went away. And now it's kind of come back. I'm just wondering if it's not a matchup thing um, where they see they want to use certain types of run schemes because he's always taking the stretch plays in the outside zones. Um, and Matt Jones certainly isn't doing that much. He's more the inside zone runner. So I wonder if it's just a scheme thing and it's kind of hit or miss stuff that we'll never know because we're not in the meeting rooms. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Who knows who it could be in my eyes? I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe a little bit of last week had to do with the matchup against the Lions. In fact, they were playing from behind, uh, trying to, you know, take the lead there at the end. But I think he's proven, I mean, his involvement's been more and more each week as Matt Jones gets further and further in the doghouse. So, um, while we're talking about Papa Kaz and Chris Thompson, Let's get right into the uh, the week eight matchups here, and it's father son battle rematch of the semifinals last year. Desert Dogs versus St. Louis Patriots. Uh, question for Papa Kaz's team is Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, I I don't want to keep talking about Jeffrey every week, but is he even startable this week against Minnesota? Yes. Yes, he is because he's one of the best players in the NFL. Um, at his position. Same answer as last week. So. If you have a stud, you're going to throw him out there. I know. I don't care who you're playing against. 
he has the potential to <clears throat> go up over any D-back in the league and, and make a play. So, for that reason, he is startable. Eddie? Sure. Cutler coming back probably is startable, um, but you can't expect it. I don't think you can even expect a double-digit effort from Jeffrey. Uh, same question for Diggs. Diggs has been poor the last couple weeks. Um, yes, there's nothing like getting a little of the Chicago defense to get you back on track. Um, so, expect Diggs to have a decent game this week. Chicago was not bad against number ones. They really locked down Jordy Nelson uh, last week. So, just want to throw that out there. I know what you're saying, but um, wouldn't be surprised if Corderell Patterson has a decent game. Ed, where are you standing on Diggs? Good with it. I like him. I think he's going to have a good game. Tried to get him. Wasn't happening. All right. Um, what can we expect from Ty Montgomery this week moving over to my team? Much of the same. Much of the same that we saw last week. Um, Going to line him up all over the field. They don't really have much choice as far as who they can give the ball to. Uh, I still don't think Niall Davis is going to be a big part of the plan this week. Probably gets another, maybe at least another week until they really start to work him in, I would imagine. Um, expect eight, eight to ten carries and, you know, six catches. I don't know. I'm not sure that he's going to get eight to ten carries. I'm not sure. There's a lot of question marks there. The weird thing to me is that they went out and traded to get a running back when there's plenty of guys, free agency, that have you know been around, been a part of similar offense that they could have gone and got. So it's not like they're not going to use Davis. It's like Shane said, it's a, is it this week or is it not? I think there's a lot of question marks with Montgomery. Not excited about it because I'm not sure what they're going to do. Yeah, um, I'm hoping for kind of what you asked for, Shane. There, eight to ten carries, four to five catches. Um, I think I think we'll see ten touches from Nile Davis this week, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, and I think Atlanta's going to be able to score on Green Bay, so I think that'll help as well. Um, I think Green Bay's going to have to put the ball in the air, and certainly. Now Davis never proved in Kansas City that he was that kind of a running back. They always had uh, Sharkandrick West or Jamal Charles to handle that piece while Davis came in to usually just handle um, run opportunities. Um, <clears throat> Jameis or Matt Ryan, what do you guys think? Who would you play this week if you were me? Jameis against Oakland at home. Matt Ryan against Green Bay. This one's tighter for me. I think it's pretty tight, but I think I'm on Matt Ryan's side. Um, just think he's a better quarterback right now. And he's got the best receiver in football at the moment. Him and Julio are just on the same page right now. So, Yeah, uh, tough matchup. I'm going to probably decide Sunday right now. i got Jameis in there. But uh, it's kind of hard to knock what Matty Ice has been doing this year. All right, let's move over to the... Uh... Yeah, pick a winner. Oh, yeah, pick a winner. Who you guys got? Uh... Give me the dogs. Des Bryant does it for him. I got the Desert Dogs. It's that time of year. You're going to get going. I'm taking myself as well. I think it's just going to shake out a little bit this week. Uh... I don't know. Don't love my matchups, but feeling good about it. I, I'm upset with myself. I made two bad uh, lineup calls in two of the last three weeks that uh, that cost me wins. Otherwise, I'd be you know sitting at four and three right now. Last week, I'm going to blame it on my kids. I forgot to put Doyle in for <laughs> Fleener because Libby was away, and I'd put the kids down for a nap at twelve forty-five. And when I got done doing that, it was one oh five, and Fleener was in at tight end. So. Shame, shame on me for not doing it sooner and waiting until the bell. 
All right, let's move over to the Seawolves against the Hammer. Uh, we'll talk about the Hammer here first. Um, Shane, have you uh, regained your faith in AJ Green as a receiver? Hard not to, I guess. Um, guy's been outstanding. Uh, down on him coming into the year. Thought he was losing a step. And clearly he's not. He's still really good. Um, yeah. Still an elite receiver. Got to eat some crow on that one. Ed, you were, uh, I think, a little bit down on A.J. Green. Where do you stand on the uh, the wide receiver from Georgia now? As far as what? Season or what? Just as a player. Where like, where do you have him? Do you think he's right behind um, Julio and Brown? Where do you have him amongst those top receivers? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't down on them as a, as a player. I thought losing the receivers they lost and not having a number two option was going to kill him fantasy-wise. I never doubted his ability to be a great NFL receiver. I mean, he showed that in one clip in that uh, the Hail Mary before halftime. He's just, he's, his ball skills are out of this world. He's phenomenal. Um, I just doubted his ability to be able to find room to make plays this year, and that's he's kind of proved that wrong. Um, he's had some big weeks still, and I thought that that would kind of evaporate. Um, but he's proved with no one opposite of him he can really do it pretty well still. Yeah, it's actually been the exact opposite. I mean, he's really just been Dalton's only guy, and he's been really locked in on him, and it's really helped. Which is what almost everyone predicted. There was a lot of people who said calling career year because there's no one else to go to, and I was like, that doesn't, that didn't make sense with my thought process because I'm thinking if you got one guy to stop, how in the hell do you let him beat him, beat you? But then again, we saw Julio Jones go for three bills this year, so there's still some defenses that just don't care. Yeah, there's some really bad defenses. That's one thing I'm taking away from football this year. A sneaky storyline to follow on the hammer. Russell Wilson is really, really banged up. Uh, added another injury to the injury report. I think that's three injuries he's kind of dealing with. Great matchup at New Orleans, um, but I wonder if his production falls off. Let's move over to the Seawolves. Um, Jordan Reed coming out of the concussion protocol. Uh, he got cleared to travel. I don't think he's been cleared to play yet. What do you guys expect from Jordan Reed uh, Sunday morning in London? If he plays, I expect him to score. Uh, I think he's really good. And <laughs> Hot take right there. Jordan Reed's good. <laughs> um, yeah, if he's healthy and he can play, I, I think he has a nice game. Maybe five catches, 70 yards, and a score. Ed, where do you stand on Jordan Reed? I'm still trying to find the right matchup. Jordan Reed, uh, Cincinnati's defense has been a disappointment this year, so I think if he goes, he's going to have a nice game. Um, I don't even know. Is it perfect player or what? Uh, he might be in prison, but I don't know. Because if perfect's playing, Jordan Reed won't last the whole game because something's going something's gonna to get banged up. Yeah, I'm kind of... Uh... Kind of on the fence about Jordan Reed. I don't know if I'd be willing to run him out there this week if I was Phil. Um, I think he may be used more as a decoy to do some... They, they have more playmakers than you think in Washington. And Kirk Cousins, as much as he loves Jordan Reed, I think he's pretty cool with spreading the ball around. So I think we could see Reed out there more to draw attention away from other players and open some things up. I think that may be the purpose of kind of rushing him out there this week. But... Obviously, if he's in there, he's a red zone threat, regardless of um, what they're looking to do outside the 20s. All right, who wins? Wolves versus Hammer. Antonio Brown on bye for the Hammer. But C.J. Anderson out for the Wolves, forced to start Chris Ivory in an awful matchup with Terrence West on bye. I predicted... This is a loss all year for the Hammer. I said there was two guaranteed losses when Green and Brown were out. I'm going to go against what I've said all year because, I mean, we don't know what Jordan Reed's going to do. Um, is Hill good to go? Jeremy Hill? It looks yeah. like Hill's good to go. Yeah, he's got nothing next to his name. He's good. Yeah, and that's why I saw that. I thought that was a surprise. I can't believe he doesn't have a cue. Uh, Meredith against Minnesota. Yikes. Um, <clears throat> I'll go with the Hammer. 
This one's got to be low scoring, right? Uh, I don't see a lot of points <clears throat> coming out of this one. Um, but I think I'm going to go hammer. I'm going to take the hammer too, but that London game is going to be exciting for this matchup. Seven players in the Redskins-Bengals game uh, right now slated for those. So I think the hammer gets it done, and I'm kind of hoping they do because I need some guys in my division to uh, fall down a little bit here. <clears throat> All right, let's move over to Team Ice Cream versus Perkyum and Power. Um, just to you know, kind of mention something I had mentioned that this is the last week of crossovers. Get back into divisional play for the last five weeks to wrap up the regular season. Um, this is an interesting matchup here. Two guys that don't really know each other at all. Um, kind of makes it fun. Let's start off with Team Ice Cream. Uh, right now he's got Niall Davis in the running back two spot. I'm assuming that'll change. I think he'll probably move Zeke Elliott back into the starting lineup. Um, what do you guys expect from Frank Gore against Kansas City this week? Gore's been uh, not bad. Just, you know, his typical Frank Gore self. Middling, borderline RB1, uh, high-end RB2. What do you guys expect from old man Gore? <clears throat> just about the steadiest player in the NFL, isn't he? Yeah, like, he's I mean, pretty steady. <laughs> just puts up the same stat line every week. Like him and Matt Forte are just, like, <laughs> steady dudes. Like, you just know what you're getting. Not going to do anything spectacular. Just going to plug away for 20 carries and 80 yards, 85 yards, somewhere around there. But, yeah, Gore's one of my favorite players. Um, don't know that it's a great week this week. Um, I feel like it's just, just a typical Frank Gore week. If he gets in the end zone, you're you're happy about it. If he doesn't, he's gonna pick up your close to ten points, and you'll deal with it. <clears throat> yeah. Nailed it. Yep. All right. I mean, what, what else he said? <laughs> That's Gore's game in a nutshell. <laughs> he's there. He takes the ball five or six yards in a cloud of dust, and. If he falls across the goal line once, you're happy. And if he doesn't, yeah, okay. And let's roll. That's how I feel about Garrett Blunt every week. I mean, Shane brought him up into touchdown dependency, but I feel like I'm banking on – well, I'm not banking on, but I'm hoping that the game flow goes in a way that he gets me 80 to 100 yards and he falls in once. Super. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, good point. I just got a funny text from Ball. He texted me and said, why did I start Tajay Sharp? He's so bad. I don't even know what number he is. I haven't seen him on the field once yet. <laughs> I'm so. going to be honest. When I saw Bull inserted Sharp, picked him up and insert him, I was very excited about it. Usually like I'm nervous when someone picks someone up and they throw him in right away. I'm like, oh, wow, what did I miss? <clears throat> and just owning Sharp all year, I'm just like, wow, like this guy's not very good. Yeah, we all swung and missed on that one. Uh, he got a lot of hype out of preseason. and He's not very good. All right, let's move over to Perkyum and Power. Um, rough, rough matchup here for him. A lot of guys out on uh, by Carlos Hyde, Mike Wallace out, Tyler Lockett probably unplayable. Um, even though he's at New Orleans, Devonte Adams surprised he's not in right now. Right now his flexes are Duke Johnson and Matt Asiata. What can we honestly expect uh, from those two players this week? Uh, I'm willing to bet that Asiata scores. Yeah, when I said that, I kind of agree there. Uh, it's a good matchup for him to score a touchdown, I believe. Yeah, I, he's certainly going to get a couple opportunities, I feel like, at the goal line. Um, they, they, they like to use him once they get inside the five. Um, they're going to at least give him some opportunities, and Chicago's defense hasn't really proven they can really stop anyone to an extent. So I feel like it could be a decent week for Asiata. Obviously, his potential is limited. Doesn't get enough touches to put up a huge week generally, but I feel like he's going to punch one in. So it'll be a nice flex play there. Duke Johnson, I'm just I'm just not on the bandwagon as he's, usual. He stinks. Um, I'm over it. Not a big fan. Uh, not really expecting a huge week out of the Duke. Ed Asiata and Johnson, what do you think? What match I'm moving on? I'm sorry, I'm doing like five things at once. Power ice cream. Oh, uh, still? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who has Asiata? Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah. Good. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the ass man's going to score. Uh, Duke Johnson, I'm out on. I think that's what Shane said. Have no belief in Duke Johnson. Don't want any parts of it. 
which is shocking. I thought I thought for for sure Hugh Jackson would have a defined role for him as a Gio Bernard type guy, and it's kind of going the opposite direction of what I thought it would be. I thought he would be much more highly involved and be his Gio, and I don't think it's been that way. Ed, we're on the same page a lot tonight. I'm liking this, brother. You need to st- you need to start going first. I don't want to. I always go first. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've been jumping in tonight. You got. We got to switch it up. Go back. No, nah, like going second. Just agree with you, and we avoid confrontation. <laughs> Just want to say, ten nothing Tennessee. Fourteen minutes left in the second quarter. We are one touchdown away from approaching where you want to own Blake Bortles when they're down <laughs> seventeen. So. Uh, that's exactly the time you want to have Bortles when he's just back there throwing it every play, making terrible decisions, doing what Blake Bortles does. Who you got, power or ice cream? <clears throat> I'm going to take the ice cream. I think this is an easy one this week. I'm going to go ice cream as well, and I don't know that it's close. Yeah, it's sweet. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's go to Fleetwood Franchise versus Cooper Cluck's Clan. <clears throat> Start off with the Storms Bros. We've got Marcus Mariota in there tonight. Had a nice touchdown uh, touchdown throw already to get Theo Riddick back this week. Um, but my question on the franchise is, is this DeAndre Hopkins uh, coming out party this year? Um I know he's had a couple of good games, but I think this is an opportunity for him to have a nice week. What do you guys think? Ed, let's go to you first. (coughs) Yep. Yeah, I think that, I already said, I think the next four, five, six weeks are going to be his coming out party. I think this could be, I feel like my prediction, I feel like my back's against the ball with my prediction for Hopkins because these next couple weeks could get him into some relevancy for wide receiver rankings. If not this week, when's it going to happen? Um, that's the way I'm looking at it. I, mean, I know we talked about the, the schedule softening. I think I'm going to wait till after the bye for this one. I think he, he's obviously going to do a little better than, than last week probably. Denver D is pretty tough. But I, I'm going to still wait until after the bye. I think maybe that, that's when he starts to get rolling a little bit. Um, just follow-up question for the franchise. I know Macklin is a great matchup this week, but is he still a startable player um, in fantasy football? It's tough. Um, <laughs> it's funny because Storms, Storms is one of the people that came knocking after I made one deal. Are you selling? I mean, I, I, I said to everybody that asked me today, I think it's funny that on Thursday, finally people were asking if I'm selling when I have one win. No one's asked me except for you if I was selling. Um, people were, I don't, I don't know that people are tight about the trade, but no one else even came. How do you not go to a 1-6 and six team and ask for something or try to move pieces? Um, I just didn't get it. But I said to him, just think I offered you Blunt in week four for Macklin. One's been pretty good and one's been awful. Um, and now all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm interested in Blunt. Well, I mean, I'm not giving Blunt away for $3. Uh, but, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know. Uh, he's been bad. Yes, he is. <laughs> 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 that was I, the most dejected no. I've ever seen Shane look. Uh, I don't know why, but I guess just because he's the only semblance of an athletic player in their receiving core. Um, I, I still think he's a flex two. <laughs> he's a flex two in our league. Yeah, I agree. Flex two in our league. Probably not startable, maybe even droppable in uh, regular standard leagues. Um, but... Won't be surprised to see him uh, break double digits this week against the Colts, who are awful. Let's move over to the clan. Um, <clears throat> what do we expect from Jimmy Graham heading back to New Orleans? I think he's going to want to put up a big game against them. New Orleans is atrocious against tight ends. I think we could see a two-touchdown Jimmy Graham week this week. Um, I'm expecting a slam dunk over the goalpost. 
Nice. Gets in the end zone, slam dunks one. Does he still do that? I don't know. But <laughs> I feel like he's got it this week. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, I mean, not that, not that they're doing anything to stop you from doing this, but... What do you expect yeah. from him this week? Same as spot on. <laughs> Alright, interesting. I like Jimmy Graham this week, too. Um, I'd like to see Wilson a little healthier, but I think maybe that helps Graham more than it helps uh, the receivers. Two tight ends running out there for uh, the clan. Rudolph and Graham right now. Who wins this matchup? Well, I don't know who Shane's picking, so might as well move. Shane's going to take the clan because he hates the franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Shane, who you got? This is a tight one, I think. I think it's it's tighter than than, uh, you would expect (laughs) to say. Um, but I am going to go with the clan. Uh, I'll take the clan, too, and I think the difference is just in the flex play, even though he's running two wide receivers out there. Macklin and Bolden. I'll take uh, the clan as well. Nice matchup for Fitzy. Nice matchup for Jimmy Graham. I like Anunwa this week as well, and Forte. And I think DeMarco Murray is a nice game tonight. And Doug Baldwin. A lot of good matchups over there by the, for the clan, so I'll take them. All right, let's move over to Abusement Park and the Steel Curtain. Start off with the Steel Curtain. Um, Ed, are you concerned at all about, uh, about Marvin Jones? I have no concerns about anyone. <laughs> All right. What are you expecting from Alex Smith as a quarterback this week? Great performance. All right. Good stuff. Shane, anything more than what he just gave me would be awesome. I'm a little concerned about Jones this week. Um, <clears throat> I think Houston's secondary is pretty good. Uh, I think they stopped the pass pretty well. Um, I would expect them to play pretty well at home. Um, and I expect a good game from Alex Smith. So, right there with you. Indianapolis D isn't anything to uh, be too scared about. Gotta like the matchup there in, indoors for Smith. Alright, it's been a little while since we talked about our favorite player on the podcast, Drew Brees. He's at home this week. He's not in prime time, but he's at home, so maybe a 20 point effort instead of a 30 point effort. But he's going against Seattle. Shane, does that change the way you feel about Drew Brees with a tougher matchup than he usually has? Um, at home. Nope. <laughs> um, still going to do well. How well? Um, he's going to put up 20 points. I think there's going to be more points in this game than, than people are predicting. <clears throat> Everyone's saying Seattle's going to go down there and shut them down. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, they find ways to score points in, in, indoors in their, in their own building. Um, I, I don't think they win the game, but I can see definitely some, some second-half passing yardage uh, for Breeze. Ed, how do you feel about Drew Brees? Uh, it's a tough one. Like Shane said, he's just so good tonight. He's been, he's been doing a great job. Uh, I think that they do find ways to score. I'm nervous about having to have Michael Thomas in my lineup. The good news is it doesn't matter, really matter what I do. Uh, this game's not important to us at all. So... I don't know. I, I don't know. Hopefully he finds Thomas so I can at least clap a little bit for the first time in a long time. Um, follow-up question for the park. <laughs> Matt, Matt Jones or Tyler Eifert, who would you rather start this week? <clears throat> what, well, what is Matt Jones' situation? Uh, fumbled the last two weeks. Coach hates his guts. I thought he was hurt. He's that too. His knee's a little banged up. That's what I meant. Not that he can't hold on to the ball. I've known that for quite some time. Well, I'll, I'll answer my question. I'd rather start Eifert. <laughs> so. Um, you know who I'm going with, so. Eifert. Eifert's a big dude. 
<laughs> Washington Secondary Tiny. <laughs> Gotta go to Viper. <laughs> I didn't see you going there. I thought it was more because you hate Matt Jones, but yeah, I've heard heard about Washington struggling with big receivers. Eifert's as big as they go. <laughs> No, uh, but I do hate Matt Jones too. Um, he's he's um, not a big Matt Jones fan. Wasn't it just like two weeks ago? We like didn't someone say about Taylor Eifert not looking big and like he's like six two? Was that, that? that was Travis Kelsey? We were talking uh, yeah, about Kelsey's oh, like six five. Uh, yeah. Eifert. All right, I agree. Who's winning this matchup? It is going to be the amusement park. And it's not going to be it's, close. Uh, it's a laugher, too, huh? <laughs> it's not going to be close. <laughs> I think you're sadly mistaken. I think this game's closer than you think it's going to be, buddy. I'm taking the curtain. I think they, they think they win this week. I don't think we win, but I think that this game's closer than people think. Hey, making them sweat at this point in the season is a moral victory for the curtain, so... We'll be okay there. Shane, congrats on the logo. Thanks, buddy. Shane's logo says, you guys are not doing things my way, so I'm going to take my ball and go home. And it's a baby crying. So let's move over to the Bull Weevils versus Teabag. Uh, we'll start off with Teabag. Shane, how excited are you about Devontae Booker? Um, <clears throat> 10 out of 10. Words cannot describe yeah, it. I can't really describe it. Uh, it came at a perfect time. I really needed a running back this week, especially. Um, <clears throat> nice to to be able to fill in what, what should be an RB one. Um, hitting the hitting the running back lottery there on a handcuff. It's always a nice feeling. Um, I feel like Booker could be a special player too. On top of that, um, just saw that CJ Anderson kind of wasn't very good about what was it three weeks ago. Saw Booker was available and, and scooped him up, and it worked out. So yeah. Nice to cash in those those handcuff tickets when you get a chance. Yeah, I've yet to be close to Shane in the standings, but one thing I did really well this year that I think I've been right along Shane with is the best two to do it. Is I think Shane and I absolutely locked down anything that came about from the waiver wire at the running back position that was good. Um, with Rodgers and some of these other guys that came up. I feel, feel like everyone that had any relevancy at any point that you could start and rely on was on either Shane's team or my team. So I think if I would have had the receivers, could have had a different season because I definitely nailed some down on some of these running back pickups. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to say about Devontae Booker. I'm frustrated because <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. But... Question. Is this the David Johnson of last year? That's exactly what I told Phil when he when I wouldn't trade in Devontae Booker. I said he's this year's David Johnson, and I still dropped him. So <laughs> that made him exactly this year's David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So literally up to the point of me dropping him, he's David Johnson. Um, yeah, it is what it is. At least Mike Gillisley stinks. So. Makes me feel good about that, at least. But, and hey, if Zeke goes down, I may cash in on the handcuff at some point this year. So, um, yeah, happy about that. Let's move over to the Bull Weevils. Two guys going in this matchup tonight. Allen Robinson just got his first catch of the night, four yards. Big play guy. Um, Tajay Sharp, not even sure he's on the field. But um, question is, is Christine Michael a top five running back this week at the Saints. Yeah. Is it is it in your FanDuel lineup, Ed? I don't have one of those. You're going to have to. Ain't got no money in the bank. You, you made it 11 people, so you better, <laughs> you better, uh, better hop in you, this week. Guess you guys are playing for high fives and back slaps this week. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to beat Snorm. <laughs> Fourth places in a row set me packing. Shane, how do you feel about Kristen Michael? Yes, he is. Um, he is in my FanDuel lineup. <laughs> I don't care who knows. <laughs> he was the first guy I put in this week. Um, yeah. It's not going to cost you any money. 
giving away your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Um, what is going on? Yes, uh, expecting a nice week out of Michael. I think you have to. I mean, anytime the running back against New Orleans has pretty much been gold all season, uh, I would expect most teams to have him in their lineup. So. I currently don't, so you guys are making me rethink what I'm doing. I think I'm doing it wrong. All right, who's winning Bull Weevils versus Teabag? Teabag, not close. Yeah, it's going to be me, and I, I don't know how close it's going to be. I think we all kind of picked the same teams to win this week. I think we were all on board, which means it's going to be a weird week. I think Bull is definitely <clears throat> really going to need Allen Robinson to do something tonight to keep this one close. And if he doesn't, then I don't, I don't see how this one's going Especially close. if he gets a goose egg from Tajay Sharp. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to have to do everything I can to convince Bowl not to sell after this week. Need to, need to give him a... Need to give him a little more time here. Um, you, you can't uh, pull your old 2 for 25 switcheroo like you did last year? No, I did that last night, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you guys want to do bold predictions? Move into the bold predictions. Start off with my uh, my quarterback bold prediction of the week. This week, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, top five quarterback this week. Gotta love Fitzy going up against Cleveland. They've been awful um, against quarterbacks. So, big Fitzpatrick fan this week. I like that one. Um, I think we were, we were on the same page when we were talking this week about our other lineup for CBS. Got to like Fitzy against, got to like any quarterback against the Browns. Um, I will go with Christine Michael. I have him as my RB1 for the week. Over 20 points. Nice. I don't know how bull that is, but... Good, good one. I like it. Dwayne Washington touchdown. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. You're giving us a two for one? I'll look one up while you guys are doing these. Alright. Alright, my running back bold prediction. Um, Matt Asiata scores not one, but two touchdowns. Two touchdowns when that football, Halloween. Gonna be some weird stuff going down. And, For the ass man. And the ass man, that is one of them. I like that one. Um, I'm gonna go with Cam Newton. QB one this week. Really? Cam Newton. Why is that? I feel like he's gonna have a big week this week. Yeah. Uh, coming off a bye, he probably needed really needed to get healthy. Arizona's been awful against running quarterbacks. Um, we saw, I think Tyrod Taylor, they play Seattle. Taylor cut him up a little bit. Um, if it wasn't Taylor, it might have been, uh, I'm not sure, I don't remember who it was, but they had a bad matchup. Um, yeah, I think it was Taylor. Was it? It's Arizona, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, the Bills beat him pretty bad. Yeah, Taylor ran for a bunch of yards. I could see that happen. Not a bad one. Uh, my wide receiver bold prediction, Tyler Lockett will catch a touchdown this week. Don't think he has any yet this year. <laughs> if he can't do it against New Orleans, I'm officially off the, uh, the Lockett bandwagon. So, you guys hear it here first. Giving up on my dude. I'm going to go with... Try to pick the right receiver in the New England Patriots carousel of players. I'm going to say that this week it's Hogan. It's over 75 yards and a score. Is that you willing Julian Edelman to a good game? I hope so. <laughs> I think some dude named Superman just scored a touchdown. Ah, uh, he stepped uh, down. He stepped down. So actually, his last name is Super Naw. <laughs> But I looked at it and I was like, man, Superman just scored a touchdown. That was some of the worst defense I've ever seen. 
Alright, Hogan. I like Hogan. We don't have him on our team anymore, Ed, do we? No, I think I was told to drop that bum. Yeah, he is a bum. Okay. Alright, give us a two for one. What, what have we got? Detroit, plus two and a half at Houston. And let's go back to the old Washington train. I have all these written down from the whole season. I feel like Washington's just littering my paper. <laughs> What's your record right now? Uh, I don't know. I have to go back and backtrack. I think I got two right once, and every other week, I think I got two right once, zero right once, and every other week's been fifty percent. So I guess I'm five hundred probably for the year. I just, guess. So you're just down to juice. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything to add here before we wrap up the uh, the week eight pod? That's a it's a big week this week. Uh, last <clears> week, <throat> interdivisional play. Um, We've got a lot of teams bunched up. We have five teams at four and three. Um, Spears right now the odd man out of the playoffs if it started today at four and three. Um, and then you got three more at three and four. So I mean, just a bunch of teams just log jammed within a game or two. Um, yep. Kind of a toss up right now. Who's going to get in? Don't forget about that two and five team, the Denver Desert Dogs. Can't sleep on the champ. All right. Well, good luck in week eight, fellas. And uh, be sure to talk to you guys next week. Hopefully it won't be about uh, me selling. So have a good uh, have a good night. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys. What? Oh, uh, sorry. What happened? Uh, DeMarco Murray just ran right, bounced it back, four yards in the backfield, and Marcus Mariota just made a touchdown cut block. Nice. Well, that's good for the clan. The touchdown block cut with but he got his way. All right. On that note, we will talk to you guys next week.